0: Of this week's episode of Forging the Word with Trevor Whitman, wanted to take some time to address the situation that we find ourselves in here in 2020. I haven't talked a whole lot about the pandemic to this point in my podcast, and the reality is, is we all are going through this situation together. We've all lost something. We feel like we're in a really tough spot. But we're all in a tough spot, and it has hurt people to a varying degree from different angles. Some people have lost people, some people have lost their businesses, some people have filed for bankruptcy, some people have had to file for unemployment. And none of those things should be taken lightly. This has been a brutal season for a lot of people, if not all of us, in some way or some shape. But I can't help but see something. As we go through this really tough time, you know, it's really strange, but since the pandemic began, I've really taken a step back to think about some of the parallels that I see between what's happening now and things that we've seen throughout the Bible. And there's seasons that we could look at where there was famine or plagues or those types of things but I'm choosing to look at it from a different angle that I think is something that we all need to hear, especially in our Western culture. And what's weird is it actually made me think about our culture as a whole that idolizes work and workaholism and the amount of hours that we work. I remember there's been times in my life where I would brag about how many hours I was working a week, where it felt like it was a badge of honor for me for how many hours I was working and It'd be, you know, seeking some kind of validation from the people that I was talking to. But here's what's crazy is this pandemic has caused us to step back and to look at the priorities in our life. It's taken... Something like this for us to see some of the unhealthy patterns that we had in our life because we're being forced To slow down we're being forced to take a step back We're being forced to cut down our hours (laughs) We're we're being forced to be home more than we normally would be we're being forced to be around our families more And our friends and acquaintances less We've been forced to consolidate. We've been forced to boil it down, to minimize, to make our life as easy and as efficient as possible. And what's weird is this isn't a new thing. Sure, there's been pandemics and plagues and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm talking about is us being placed in a position Within God's creation, to take a step back, to rest, to reflect, to evaluate, to make changes. And so it's really cool. Some things came to my mind actually a couple months ago. So I've been mulling on this for a bit. And I think it's good to obviously seek scripture as to what we should think about this, what we should do with this newfound perspective. I was texting with a guy yesterday, not a believer, and he was like, man, Trevor, I am thankful for this season because it's causing me to not take what I had for granted. It's giving me perspective of what I appreciate. And man, when things go back to our new normal or whatever that ends up looking like, those things in my life, I don't know if I'm ever going to take them for granted again. And so even non-believers are feeling the same reflective thought process as believers. But we have the advantage of looking at what God says about these topics. What does God say? What does the creator of the universe say about our perspective in these times? You know, so I, I love starting with the easy example, the the, <laughs> the low fruit, if you will. But you start with, God, when He created the world, He worked for six days, and on the seventh day, He rested and saw that what He made was good. But, guys, this isn't the only time that God talks about rest in the Bible. All throughout Scripture, He shows that it is godly, godly, to make rest a priority. But here's what's crazy. Is that was just the beginning. I mean, that was just the beginning. And what the the thing that I actually thought about the most, and I actually I've talked to a couple of my friends about this, is this pandemic actually made me think of what is called the year of jubilee that the Israelites practiced. And though the practice of the year of jubilee hasn't been practiced for many centuries. And there are some Jews that believe you only observe the year of jubilee if you live in Israel and you are a Jew. But guys, the principles are still really interesting to compare to what we're experiencing now in 2020. It's I'm literally driving down the road and I've actually thought about it multiple times. I'm like, how crazy is it that we're going through? It's gonna. It sounds like it's going to be a virtual year. Now, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But as of right now, we're being told that, you know, when we get towards the end of February, that that is when they're starting to think that things are going to open back up or at least start to and start to get back on track. So it'll be almost a full year, if not a full year. I'm like, man, it's kind of an interesting parallel. And so I went to Leviticus 25 and Leviticus 27 and started diving into it because I'm like, man, some of this sounds so familiar. And so what's cool is the year of Jubilee, just really quickly, is a time that once every 50 years, Jews celebrate the year of Jubilee. And what the year of Jubilee looks like is a time where all Israelites, all Israelites are required to take the year off. They're not allowed to sow, they're not allowed to reap of crops. They're called to only live on what they can get from the fields daily. They're called to give land back to those it was purchased from. Slaves were freed. Debts are forgiven. And the focus of this time is on rest and depending on the Lord for their provision. Now, well, there are some cool things happening in the year of Jubilee. When you go read Leviticus 25, Leviticus 27, I know when we're looking for exhilarating scripture that we're not generally looking at the book of Leviticus, and I will be the first to tell you that it's the same for me. If you have the right perspective, you might be able to find some nuggets in there that are exciting. And what's cool is when I'm reading through Leviticus 25, Leviticus 27, looking for some perspective on the year of Jubilee... I can't help but think about the pandemic that we're going through right now because we're being forced almost into a year of Jubilee. We're being forced to not work or work very little or work very differently. We're called to rest. We're called to take a step back. We're called to seek the Lord for our provision in the Lord only. It's causing us to reflect. It's causing us to repent. Hopefully, it's leading us to forgive, to reconcile. Our culture, especially here in America, is one of constant busyness. And I love the quote that says, don't confuse busyness for effectiveness. Because being busy doesn't mean that you're being productive. Being busy doesn't mean that you're valuable. Being busy isn't greater than being not busy. But yet we pack our schedules full of stuff constantly when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Every day we got stuff going on. We got things going on in the day and in the evening and we're running 50 million directions and we're doing a ton of stuff and we, you know, pass in the night with, some of our family members. We see each other very rarely. Our priorities are all over the place. And yet now we're being called to take a step back. But guys, this isn't the only place in Scripture. So again, we're not just talking about the seventh day of creation. We're not just talking about the year of Jubilee. If you actually read on in Leviticus 25, he also talks about the Sabbath year when the Israelites go into the promised land. Or he says, hey, for six years, go in, build, sow, reap, store up your harvests. But in the seventh year, every seven years, I want you to take a year off. But guys, here's what's crazy, is this isn't just about humanity. There's a reason why God wants us to rest. Actually, you know what? There's multiple reasons, lots of reasons. I mean, we can even just look at the land. I mean, we can read throughout the Bible. God actually outlines, hey, guys, you have to rest the land. Part of the reason why I want you to take this year off and part of the reason why I want you to give it a break is because the land itself won't produce as much crop if you just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. So what's cool is I started thinking about how our planet works and how our planet actually has these built-in reset buttons as well. And I honestly think the most fascinating of them is a thing called ecological succession. And ecological succession is, is where forest fires are actually something very beneficial to nature. Now, Obviously, throughout our country, especially the last couple of years, we've had some gnarly forest fires. So I'm not saying that, oh, these are so great. I'm just saying that there's purpose in forest fires because what's crazy is that the very beginning of a forest, you see grass growing, trees growing, a, a scub canopy starts to develop. Then you start to get this climax forest And because of the canopy and the fertile soil that starts to come because the forest is in its perfect condition, it becomes overgrown. And then that overgrowth chokes out the viability of everything over time where things aren't growing as healthy because there's so much overgrowth. Then wildfire comes and spreads. And because there's so much foliage everywhere, The wildfire comes and it burns hot, it burns fast, it spreads quickly, and essentially it resets the forest and the process starts all over again. I was talking to my dad about this the other day and he brought up this concept of Mount St. Helens and I'm like, yeah, that's a great example of this. Mount St. Helens, when it blew, destroyed everything all around the mountain. But if you fly over Mount St. Helens right now, if you go hiking up there right now, nature has fully rebounded and it's beautiful up there. And so even in nature with this ecological succession, we actually see this beautiful example of how we need to be reset sometimes. (laughs) Right? And God's like, Hey guys, I want you every 50 years to take a year off, to reset debt, to reset the land, right? To literally free everyone, free all the debt, forgive everything that's going on, forgive everything, rest, and restart, right? And that that's crazy, right? I mean, I, I can't even think about what that would look like if we applied that in today's age, right? Like, we don't celebrate this. Could you imagine every 50 years of hey, we got to give the property back to the people that we bought it from. We got to forgive all of our debt. All credit card debt, student loan debt, all that whatever. Every debt that we have just gets forgiven right down the line. Where everyone took a year off. Everyone just stayed home and invested in their families and their. I mean, like I can't even think about that. <laughs> but here's what's crazy is this pandemic has got us as close to that as possible. And obviously it's not the same, right? There's a lot of bad things that are still happening on a daily basis within this pandemic. But what's crazy is the Lord is giving us a version of this reset and our perspective during this reset. It matters. And being obedient to what the Lord is asking us to seek and to find during this time matters. The Israelites actually had very strict instructions for how to follow this, when to follow it, why to follow it in Leviticus 25 through 27. And and in Leviticus 26, it actually tells us what the punishment would be if the Israelites didn't obey God in observing these years off And part of the reason why the Israelites went into captivity is because they didn't observe this part, right? So it's crazy. We're reading Leviticus 26, and we're like, huh, I wonder why the Israelites went into exile. Well, one of the reasons why is because here in Leviticus 26, God says, hey, if you do this, here will be your punishment. But it's not just taking years off. It's not just God taking one day after creation. We have it built into our system. We require rest as humans. In Matthew 12, 1 through 14, Jesus talks about the Sabbath that we take weekly. So we've, ta- we've talked about the Sabbath that happens every 50 years in Israelite culture back in Bible times. We've talked about the Sabbath that happened once every seven years when they went into the promised land. And now I'm talking about the Sabbath that happens every week. Where we are called to rest, to stop, to reset, to reflect. And what's funny is in Matthew 12, we see the Pharisees challenging Jesus. Typical. And his disciples about doing work on the Sabbath. Where, you know, they're picking grain because they're hungry. And they go to heal a guy. And they're like, you guys are doing work on the Sabbath. What are you guys doing? And Jesus actually gets to the core of what the heart behind the Sabbath is, which is that God desires mercy over sacrifice. It's not the ritual of the Sabbath that God cares about. It's the heart that we have during that time. Because guys, here's the deal. I I don't know if you've identified this in your own life, but there's been time that I have had a good chunk of time off, and yet I'm still not refreshed at the end. Why? Because if our heart is more legalistic about our time off than what we do with our time off, we're missing the point of the Sabbath. It's not just about having time to do the things that you want to do and doing the things that you want to do while you're working. (laughs) Guys, it's about resetting it's about reflecting it's about seeking the Lord it's about being refreshed in all the different ways that we need to be refreshed okay and the in the last version of Sabbath this is crazy guys it's built all throughout creation and in us guys we take a daily Sabbath where God forces us to rest and we're not always good about getting the amount of hours that we need but guys every night, We take a Sabbath, we sleep, we rest, we reflect, and we recover. I mean, the best way to get better when you're sick is to what? Is to sleep. Our body heals itself better when we're sleeping than when we're awake. There is an element of rest that is required for us to be healthy humans. I think it's if you don't sleep for 72 hours straight, that like you'll start to hallucinate and start to go crazy, right? God obviously takes it very seriously. He built our bodies to require rest every day. And guys, here's what's crazy, and I I think about this all the time, is there's so many things in our life that require trust that we don't even realize sometimes. Every time we close our eyes to go to sleep, we're trusting the Lord that we're going to wake up the next morning, right? I mean, that's that's it might be a little morbid to talk about, but it's true. We trust the Lord in a lot of different things. We trust people in a lot of ways that we don't realize. I mean, even driving down the road, we are trusting that the other person in the other lane isn't going to swerve over and hit us. And we drive comfortably and without a ton of anxiety down the side of the road, Even though other cars are going the same miles per hour in the opposite lane about six feet away from you, like we're not weirded out by that. (laughs) Because why? We trust each other that we're all going to abide by the same rules. So really interesting, right? So even when we're sleeping, God is working. He's healing. He's restoring. There's an element that we need rest every day. So why is it in our culture especially in the Western church, especially in America, why is it our culture that we glorify overworking ourselves? Why is it that we overglorify us being so unhealthily busy? Why is it that it's a badge of honor that we brag about it, that we brag about how many hours we're working and how many things we can get done? And why is it that we jam ourselves so full? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons behind why. But I think it's different for all of us. There's some of us that get really busy so that they can avoid thinking about the things they don't want to think about. I think there's some people that are so worried about feeling insignificant or that their value somehow is wrapped up in the things that they do that if they aren't jammed full of things then they won't feel like they're valuable. Or they care about their appearance to other people. So much so that they're willing to jam themselves full of all kinds of things, even things they may not want to do, just so that they can appear to be cool or influential or to have a lot of friends, whatever the case may be. I mean, guys, there's so many different things. That's just a few off the top of my head of reasons why we all, including myself, struggle with this over-busyness. But what's funny is I've talked to so many friends, so many in this season that are talking about, man, we're doing things every night that we haven't ever done. I mean, our family is sitting at the table eating dinner together most nights of the week. That's not normal. Or, hey, you know, we only have something planned like one night a week and the rest of the nights like we get to spend time together where we're doing puzzles or we're reading books or watching TV or hanging out and, and just being in each other's presence. How weird is that? <laughs> but what's funny is I'm like, that shouldn't be weird. That should be our rhythm. That should be our routine. And God is calling us to view this season of the pandemic that is awful as it is and as bad as it is and all the ramifications that are going to come from it and how our society and our culture will never be the same, even though all those things are true, God is saying, hey, you can find some beneficial things to take from this really hard time. And my hope is, is that we can see this season in such a light that it requires us to focus on rest. So what kind of rest am I talking about? Let's get practical. I want to get practical applications out through this. The first is we need to really seek physical rest, right? God knows that human nature and especially in Western culture is to maximize, to press, to expand and utilize every second that we have. I mean, even in my lifetime, okay, I'm not crazy old, (laughs) not yet working on it. People say I have an old soul. My wife calls me Benjamin Button (laughs) because sometimes I'm creaking, getting out of bed and act like an old crotchety man sometimes. But what's crazy is in my lifetime, I remember Sundays being a universal day off for people. I remember Sundays being, you know, sacred where the only thing that was open was like grocery stores. And that was it. Everybody else was off. But more and more businesses started running hours on Sunday. You know, it started out with partial days, partial hours, getting off early. But then it ended up being in full days. I mean, we just went through Thanksgiving season And it makes me think about Black Friday. You know, Black Friday used to be where stores would open really early in the morning, you know, 3, 4 a.m. And they would open up early Friday morning and people would wake up after Thanksgiving and and go do that. But then it got earlier. It was now 2 a.m. And then it was 1 a.m. And then it was midnight. And then it was Thanksgiving evening. I mean, think about just even last year. I have a family member that works in retail that had to go early from Thanksgiving dinner because he had to go to work. I mean, guys, we always press that boundary. Every year, it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I think there were some retail stores, even last year, that never closed. That just had limited off, you know, and they staggered people coming in and going out and whatever. But guys, come on. Is our bottom line so important that we can't take a day off? I mean, come on. Our society was so plagued with this constant need to press, to get money, to expand, to maximize, to utilize. But guys, God designed us to physically... Rest. We need that time. But guys, it's not just physical rest that I'm talking about. There's mental rest. There's emotional rest. There's heart rest. There's spirit rest. There's all kinds of rest that is emphasized throughout Scripture. And that's what I loved about how Jesus responded to the Pharisees. It wasn't about the physical picking of grain that he was worried about, it wasn't the legalistic action of picking grain that Jesus cared about or the healing of the man. He's saying, listen, the heart behind the Sabbath is not just physical. It's not just about the future success of the land. It's a built-in rest or stop for humans. I mean, have you guys ever wondered why distance makes the heart grow fonder? Have you ever thought about why distance gives us perspective? It's because distance is a form of rest, right? It's not just physical. When we are able to distance ourselves from our busy lives, we're able to see stuff in a different way. And here's the reality, something that I have been really shown, especially since February of this year, guys, something that the Lord has shown me and put really, really heavily on my mind is that we only have so much capacity in a day. And that isn't just physical. I mean, I love listening to the greatest athletes in the world. I'm a huge sports fan. I love virtually every sport. I track a lot of sports. I love sports. But I love listening to some of the greatest athletes in the world. I've even been able to coach with some guys that played at a really high level, a D1 level. And what all of them say is that they have a constant gauge of their energy left in the tank. They are constantly aware of how much energy they have in their bodies and that it's finite and that it will run out. And we praise athletes that run on empty where they hit the empty. You know, we think about like Michael Jordan's flu game Right, where they literally are on empty with their energy and they're able to push through and finish even though they're on empty. But here's the deal. You talk to any professional athlete, you talk to any athlete that has competed at a really high level, professional or you know, semi-pro or even D1, whatever, college sports, and all of them say they have a constant gauge of their energy level that they have left to give Physically. But here's what's crazy is this is true physically, but I'm here to tell you it's also true for us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So a couple ways that we can find rest in these other ways. We can find mental rest by taking a break from the news, from social media, from information that weighs on us. It's okay to take a step back. If you've been looking for an excuse or a sign that you are meant to take a break from those things, those outlets, those things that drag you down mentally, take a break. We need a break. We need that rest. I took one of those uh, mental sabbaticals, (laughs) that's what I call them in my life, a couple weeks ago, and it was exactly what I needed, just to take a step back from the crazy that we are constantly inundated with and find some mental rest. Guys, we also have this thing called emotional rest, which is taking time to properly mourn, or to grieve, or to process hard things that are happening, or have happened. I cannot emphasize enough that yes, we should seek the Lord as our ultimate counselor, and our ultimate mentor, and we should seek scripture for him, we should pray. However, there is such great value to therapy some of the greatest years of my formation as a human was when I was in counseling every week and had multiple mentors that I was either either meeting with weekly or uh, every other week in college. And I'm so thankful for those times where I was meeting with people four or five times a week sometimes, because I needed to unpack and to evaluate, and to grow. Guys, therapy is not taboo. Therapy is not anti-Christian. Therapy is needed. But guys, therapy from a professional is needed. There are people out there that think that they're counselors just because they've gone through a hard situation, but they're not professional counselors, guys. Being a professional in this field and actually seeking someone that has education and has gone through practicum and is trained to help you unpack those things, those are the people that we need to be talking to to help us break down what's going on in our lives and things that we need to grow through because we can't take that lightly. Now, sure, can we get advice or can people identify with things that we're going through and help give us some wisdom and discernment in those areas? Absolutely, for sure. That is part of friendship. But I'm saying seeking counseling, seeking help in those areas, man, we got to lean into and acknowledge that going to therapy is a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's not anti-Christian or anti-the Bible or it doesn't mean that you are not for God or don't trust God or any of that. Guys, it's not true. Therapy is beneficial. And if you've been waffling about whether or not you should be going to therapy or not, that tells me you probably should be in therapy and that's a good thing. It is not taboo. Okay, and lastly, we find spiritual rest that we need, which can look like us forgiving those who have hurt us, reconciling differences, Anything that's a burden on us spiritually can deeply affect everything else in our lives. And guys, next week in my podcast, this is what I'm talking about. I'm going there about being deeply affected spiritually and what we're called to be in that season. Guys, this is not a conversation where I'm encouraging people to be lazy there is a difference between resting and being lazy. I'm telling all of you and myself that we are called to take advantage of those different rest types during this pandemic. What does it look like for you to find physical rest in this time that we have been carved out to reevaluate our priorities and what we're doing and why we're doing them and who we're around and why we're around them. And how do we find physical rest? How do we find mental rest? How do we find emotional rest? How do we find spiritual rest? My hope is that in this conversation that you've taken something, something pinged you, something pinged your spirit of man, Trevor, you're right. I need to do that. I've covered a blanket of all different types of rest I've covered how God feels about rest. It's a priority. Guys, it's godly for us to seek rest. He designed it to be a part of our everyday rhythm, our every year rhythm, and even during our lifetime rhythm. We are called to rest physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And guys, I'm going to go as far to say as I think it's a biblical mandate. For us as believers to rest in all of those different ways to attain healthy lives, to live the lives that God has called us to live. I believe we are called to make rest a priority. And so my prayer is that you would hear the words today as affirmation to what has been on your heart. I have a feeling that the majority of people that are listening to this have been looking for something to affirm them or push them out of their comfort zone to actually find rest in the midst of this pandemic and this season that God is using, right? This terrible situation, I'm not saying that God is the one that made this pandemic happen. Definitely not saying that. But what I'm saying is that God can use all things for our good, and this is one of them. He can use this pandemic to help form you to help you grow in ways that you would not otherwise. So my prayer is is that you would lean into that growth. My prayer is is that you would seek the type of rest that God is calling you to find in this season and that you would take the steps necessary to take that rest. My hope is is that there's other people in your life that need to hear this too. There's other people in your life that are you're like yeah, like they need to seek rest in this area and I've seen that they've been unhealthy in this area for a long time. In love, share this with them. In love, say, hey, I think this would be beneficial for you to listen to, to encourage them to find rest where they need it. Guys, we need each other. We need each other and we need rest. And so my prayers is that you'd be encouraged, you'd be challenged, maybe you'd be convicted, that we would use this season that is awful for something beneficial to be something that leads us to become more and more like Christ. I appreciate you for listening and I hope that you tune in next week to in the Word with Trevor Whitman.